Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. Local health systems have seen an increase in coronavirus hospitalizations in the last week. Experts say the rise in cases is among vaccinated and unvaccinated people. 75% of those admitted to hospitals in St. Joseph County are unvaccinated, but 25% are. An increase in coronavirus cases going into the holidays and cold and flu season. Deputy Health Officer Dr. Mark Fox says cases in the county have doubled since last month. We went from 55 people in the hospital in St. Joseph County to 83 over two days. So huge spike in hospitalizations um, just last weekend. We've had nine patients who died in Beacon hospitals in the last week. Dr. Dale Patterson says deaths have gone up at Memorial Hospital. And while the ICUs are filling up, emergency rooms and inpatient wards are full. And we're feeling that impending sense that we're headed in the wrong direction and that we aren't going to be able to provide care to everybody who needs it. St. Joseph Health System hasn't had as many deaths yet, but experienced a rush of cases this weekend. The chief clinical officer is concerned about local hospitals reaching capacity and having to divert patients. On one of the days, we admitted 23 patients within 24 hours, and we hadn't seen a number like that since last November. Dr. Fox says there is a lot of community spread, especially as people move inside because of the weather. And it could be impacting vaccinated people more frequently if they haven't gotten their booster shot and their immune response is diminishing. Part of that is just the the time from their vaccination. So they got vaccinated in the spring. They're now six, eight months out. So there's waning immunity. But Dr. Fox doesn't believe these this rising cases will slow down over the next several months. But the medical, medical professionals I spoke with today say it's not too late to get vaccinated or boosted against this virus. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. St. Joseph County commissioners have come to a decision on redistricting. By a two-to-one vote, the map proposed by a law firm hired by some of the commissioners was approved. While it was a regularly scheduled meeting with votes on how to improve infrastructure in the county, most people were there to listen and voice their opinions on the proposed map. During the last several weeks, as Democrats and Republicans disagreed over the map, legal action had been threatened. A new Indiana state law requires the commissioners to vote twice on redistricting without the council's input. After every 10 years, a new map is redrawn based on census data. The new map, drawn by a law firm hired by some of the commissioners, has drastic changes to districts compared to the old map and has sparked political controversy. I think these maps simply are what is best for the citizens of St. Joseph County. It doesn't split up communities of interest. It doesn't have items floating out in there for other reasons. I just want to do what's best for our county. Last Tuesday was the first vote where the public offered opinions of the new map and also presented their own maps. The proposed map from the law firm received a two-to-one vote in favor. After much debate, Commissioners Fleming and Castelny voted for the second time in favor of the same map. This will be the new redistricting map for the next 10 years. This will be Dieter's district, 
Andy Castellnis, and Flemings. There's absolutely no way I would vote for this. During the meeting, Commissioner Dieter asked to postpone the vote to allow public more time for engagement. Fleming and Castellney denied the extension. I think we failed the voters of St. County Council members have threatened legal action, calling the map unconstitutional and illegal. WSBT 22's Ashley Dagger reporting. South Bend International is working on a master plan to expand over the next 20 years. The first that would happen would be a minor runway expansion or a terminal expansion because the airport has the land it would use already. Now, other ideas like direct flights to Asia would require more land, so it'd be later down the road. In 20 years from now, electric planes could be flying into the South Bend International Airport. Even if it's much later than that, CEO and President Mike Daigle of the airport says the airport and their design partner, Mead and Hunt, plan for it. How do we get the power to that location? How do we get it to charge? We don't even know yet what, how long it takes to charge an aircraft. And there's so many unanswered questions, but we're planning for it. We're thinking about it going, this may be the future. Daigle says the renewed master plan addresses the community and traveling public. While the pandemic caused a wrinkle in the planning committee and Daigle's plans, he predicts travel to surpass pre-pandemic levels by 2022. People would arrive, they would walk through here, very similar to the way they do today, and then they would either go left or go right to the existing concourse left, which would be the new concourse that would go through there. One of the more ambitious ideas Daigle showed us was an expansion west of the primary runway. With the expansion, cargo aircraft could fly directly to Anchorage, Alaska, and then to Asia. There's all sorts of things with the aircraft also that have to be done for it to arrive nonstop into the U.S. And so we see that as a much heavier lift and farther out than possibly this seven to 800 foot extension that would allow us then to get to that acreage. Closer to home, the Amazon Fulfillment Center coming to Elkhart is a potential relationship that Daigle says he cannot share. As for property expansion, Daigle says the neighbors have an open invite to offer to sell their property. Uh, and we don't need to acquire all of it to, to start the development and the economic benefit to our region. Daigle says he wants to submit a first review of the master plan before the end of the year. After the FAA reviews it, he says that he's confident that him and his team can submit a final copy after the first of next year. WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. A shortage of snowplow drivers in St. Joseph County means it may take longer this winter to clear side streets and cul-de-sacs. There are nine full-time positions and 13 for this winter. The county says there will be still be snowplow drivers. The shortage means changes in routes and more of a delay. Focusing on clearing more heavily traveled roads, the county says it may take longer to clear subdivisions and cul-de-sacs. The county is also changing routes to make it easier for new drivers to get around. If you really look at the situation, it's not an anomaly by no stretch of the imagination. Uh, when you talk about, you know, Indot or the city, there again, you're talking about two different situations, but when you look across our county, uh, our state, uh, shortage in employees, it's, that's just what we're facing right now. If you are interested in applying for a full-time or part-time snowplow driver position, there are open interviews this Thursday from 10 to 2 at the Riverside Garage. WSBT 22's Taylor Gatoni reporting. Supply chain problems are causing prices to go up. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana is also impacted headed into the holiday season. Winter is especially difficult for families struggling with food, and the CEO of the Food Bank 
says people are more generous this time of year, but they are worried about how supply chain issues will impact their supplies going forward. It's especially helpful right now that items are more expensive and harder to come by. And there's a lot that's still unknown, like how long these supply chain issues will last and how it will impact families trying to get food season is around the corner and Mary Jo Martinek with the Food Bank of Northern Indiana says January and February are the most difficult months for people needing food. And if you struggle with hunger, if you struggle to, uh, to fill your empty plate, this is particularly a difficult time. Martinek says they've had a lot of supply chain issues. Anything from canned goods to paper products are hard to come by. So items that uh, that we're looking out for different programs. Uh, we're looking at about an eight to 10 week delay in getting some of those items. They're still able to find enough items, but she says item prices are also going up. Between 2019 and 2021, the cost of food has gone up 23%. And there's concern it could cause problems in the future. It may come down to at some point that you know, we may have to limit the number of items that we're giving people just so that we're able to keep continuing to feed them. And she says these are issues food banks everywhere are dealing with. We work with uh, a network of 125 partners in our six county service area, and they're all seeing increased need too. Martinek says they're being proactive about orders at the food bank and she's optimistic about donations this holiday season. And she also adds that $1 in donations can put food on the table for four meals for a family. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. Now that the St. Joseph County Public Library is reopened downtown, the library's sharing how it's supporting people who are experiencing homelessness. You may remember multiple people facing housing insecurity said they were worried about what they were going to do when the library closed for renovations in 2019. Here at the library, it provides free Wi-Fi, printing, and is a safe space for people when it's cold. And it also works with local shelters that are within walking distance so that people have a place to go once the library closes. Regardless of housing status, the library offers free Wi-Fi, printing, scanners, computer access, public restrooms, and a resource page dedicated to housing assistance. Everyone is welcome to come in the library, and so the library serves as a warm, inviting place for people, and we really um, enjoy partnering with other local organizations. These shelters include St. Margaret's House and the Center for the Homeless. Patrons in the shelter can use the shelter's address to get a library card. Gebhard says if someone does not have a consistent address, the staff will work with them so that they have access to everything. The library is really a warm, welcoming place, and there is space for everyone here. Um, the library is a place where people are not required to purchase something to stay here. People are welcome to stay at the library for as long as they'd like during open hours, Gebhard says. The expansion makes sure there's enough room for everyone who wants to be there, she says. The executive director for St. Margaret's House says that public indoor spaces like the library are vital for upcoming winter months. It's easier to walk by somebody um, when we dehumanize them than when we see them as a full human being. Library patron Abigail Stokes, who was using the free resources, says the library brings people together. You start putting any sort of restrictions on like the types of people that come here. It's creating a division between, okay, 
these are the people who belong in the library and you don't belong to that group. The main branch has longer hours for people to stay. On Monday, it's open from 9 to 8, Monday through Thursday, and 9 to 5 Friday through Saturday, and 1 to 5 on Sunday. WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. A recent incident where someone pretending to be a police officer tried to pull over a motorist near Warsaw prompted officers to talk about how to tell the real officers from potential impersonators. Late that night, the woman was driving along US 30 when she noticed a blue light behind her pulled over, assuming it was an officer. However, she quickly realized that wasn't the case. Our victim tells us that he came up to the driver's side and that he told her she needed to get out of the car. Warsaw Police Detective Sergeant Brad Keller says that was sign number one, as protocol requires real officers to identify themselves in sight why they pulled someone over. When he had to tell her that second time to get out of the car and also told her that she was under arrest, he put his hand on the gun. Noticing the man was wearing all black and driving a black Toyota SUV, the woman realized something was off and drove away. The opportunities are endless with what could happen in a situation where somebody's doing that. Sometimes it's a power trip for somebody to try to have that authority over someone. But obviously, I think our imagination takes us to some of the worst case scenarios. While police are searching for the impersonator, described as a white male with blue eyes and a muscular build, he says there are some important signs to look out for. If he's in an unmarked vehicle, he's required to be in a uniform. So they're going to see patches, they're going to see a badge, they're going to see a uniform. The next point is the lights. The impersonator was using a singular flashing blue light like this one. Blue light in and of itself, volunteer firefighter. This is what their unmarked car would look like if you were being pulled over by it. Remember, it's the red and blue combination that indicates you're being stopped. If that blue light pulls over when you pull over to allow them to go on the emergency, that's the problem. You need to drive away from that situation and get on 911 right away. If an unmarked car does pull you over and you're still unsure, Keller says to call 911, turn on your hazards, drive very slowly, and turn on your interior lights if it's at night. I would say that the the combination of these events would tell the officer, okay, this is probably somebody that's concerned about whether I'm legitimate or not. And he's going to allow for that few minutes. At that point, dispatch can communicate by radio with that officer and confirm both parties that it's safe. Keller says another option is to pull into a well-lit and busy business that may be closed because the last thing an impersonator wants is witnesses nearby. WSBT 22's DJ Manu reporting. Teachers at Benton Harbor area schools could get a pay increase as soon as January, in part to make up for a 10% cut to teacher salaries back in 2011. The money is becoming available after the district paid off the last of its longstanding debt. That was the focus for the district for the past 14 years, but now they have an opportunity to invest more money in their educators, which the superintendent says is a no-brainer. The measure would speed up the process in raising teachers' pay and absorbing the health insurance increase in 2022. So the superintendent says it's important to be competitive with other districts, along with a national shortage in teachers. And he says this pay increase is long overdue. This is long overdue. So I'm so excited to, um, you know, put the money where I'm out there, give it right to our teachers and allow them to do the excellent work of educating. It's, it's a difficult job and they must be compensated. Benton Harbor's Board of Education is voting on this at next and its next meeting in December. And people working with the district have received a lot of positive feedback on this. So they're expecting this measure to pass. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 